Omajanatramanandasya janajana salakaya chakshun militanye natasma shri gurave namaha vanchakaputu bischa kipasindavi vacha patita nam pamane bio vaishnave janamo namaha. So good evening. Welcome. Thanks for coming. So we are continuing our discussion of Madhurya Kadambani. On this auspicious evening of Shiva Ratri, and interesting enough, that is at the exact point we are in Madhurya Kadambani. So, coincidences abound this evening. So now we are at the stage where Vishwanath is is breaking down in detail the the namaparads, which are impediments to our advancing quickly through the stage of Anista Bhajana Kriya, uh, unsteady practice. And interesting enough, tonight we will see how a proper conceptual orientation is part of that process. So as you know, the first offense is to, of course, blaspheming the devotees who've uh, dedicated their lives to advancing in, in Krishna's service, then to disobey the orders of the spiritual master. And to also, Vishwanath added an additional verse there, so that we understood that the spiritual master is himself completely independent. And we should never become disturbed by his independent will. If he, through his independent will, uh, bestows some unimaginable mercy on someone else, we should not be disturbed by that in our service. And examples were given in the, by Vishwanath in that regard. That uh, Judd Bharat indiscriminately gave uh, who was the king Rahugana mm-hmm. he indiscriminately gave Rahugana extraordinary mercy uh, I mean Rahugana basically as a king was took offense and was very sarcastic made some pretty heavy comments and Judd Marat didn't take those to heart, being a Mahabhagavat, he simply blessed him with transcendental knowledge. So much so that the king <laughs> got down off his palaquin. Now imagine this. He, a king got down. Jed Bharat was a, you know, he's a, from what we hear from the Bhagavatam, a pretty big man. He was always given uh, interesting tasks. Uh, and he was not well kept. He was uh, he was free of any material consideration whatsoever. But he was stout and strong. And based on that alone, when other palaquin carrier, carriers became exhausted, uh, his uh, the king's assistants said, "Oh, there! Look at him. There's a big man. Get him over here. We'll put him on the palaquin. Let's say get him to carry." And of course, he he said, "Sure. What do I care?" doesn't matter what I do. This is material life. I'm so much so detached. He, At the beginning of life, he purposely 
messed up everything that his father tried to teach him. You need to wash your hands after you eat. Well, he didn't do that. You wash your mouth. He washed his mouth before he ate. You need to chant. Everything. He would not follow any of the regulations that one would do in a normal circumstance to advance. And as soon as he could get out of the household situation, he departed. An amazing uh, avidut, free of the world entirely. So he was he was employed in carrying the palaquin, but he was also he was a he was a great, compassionate, concerned uh, citizen of the world, and he did not want to destroy any any small living entity. So whenever some ant or some small insect crossed the path, he didn't walk forward correctly. So the king's kind of bouncing along there, and he said, "No, nah, you know, he took exception." And he, he actually uh, was very sarcastic of Judd Barat. But Judd Barat still, he, he was very compassionate. He extended his compassion and he, he enlightened the king. And the king got down off his palaquin and, and fell at his feet. That's pretty exceptional mercy. No one excels the mercy of Nityananda Prabhu and <laughs> his sankirtan efforts and being attacked by mud eye hit with a clay pot, so much so that he was covered with blood by the time Lord Chaitanya arrived. If you've ever cut your head, you know it bleeds profusely, although it isn't painful. And that's exactly what Nityananda told Chaitanya. Oh, it doesn't hurt. But he he was drenched in his own blood. But still, he had already, he had already attained devotional service because Lord Nichananda had desired it from the time he first saw Jagai and Madai laying unconscious in the middle of the, the village <laughs> and, and went over to... He, he immediately said, this is how I can glorify my Lord, Chaitanya. We, if we make these two devotees no one can deny the mercy of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So Hari Das, we have no choice. We have to make them devotees. So he already desired that they be. That intent in and of itself, Chaitanya said later, when Madai attacked Nichananda, he said, you've already made him a devotee by your intent, by your desire that he be a devotee. So powerful is is the Mahabhagavat, the pure devotee. Uh, his intent alone is is uh, is uh, is our good fortune. So the second offense is dealt with, and now Vishwanath is going to the third. And here, we are required to enter deeply into an understanding of the Lord and his various energies and our position. So I'll read Vishwanath's verse. Chaitanya, 
or conscious beings are of two types. Independent and dependent. The first independent Ishvara Shaitanya is the all-pervading Lord. The second is the dependent Jiva Shaitanya that pervades only the that pervades only the own body and is a particular energy of the Lord controlled by him. Isvara Saitanya is again of two types. So, conscious entities who are controllers. Again, we have the controllers and those that are controlled. So we have the Supreme and we have his infinitesimal particles, the Jiva. So they're both conscious. So the Isvara Shaitanya and the Jiva Shaitanya. Now Vishwanath goes on and says, Now, Isvara Shaitanya is again of two types. So we're looking at the Lord. He's saying, now well, let's take the Lord, that the, the control layer, that consciousness, and that also we can see is of two types. Free from the touch of Maya and accepting the touch of Maya by his own will. Because he's a controller. So that distinguishes the Isvara Shaitanya, the conscious entity who touches material matter. He's still, he's doing it of his own free will. He's not forced to, but he's still completely a controller. Isvara Shaitanya, free from the touch of Maya, is known by such names as Narayan. Srimad Bhagavatam says, Sri Hari exists beyond the three modes of material nature and is completely transcendental. Therefore, he himself is the supreme transcendental personality. That's easy. God's God. And he's not affected by Maya. Okay. The second is Shaitanya accepts the touch of Maya by his own will and is known as Shiva, and so on. Shastras say, Shiva is always associated with Maya and is the predominating deity of Vaikarika, Sattvika, uh, Sattvika, Rajika, and Tamasa, three types of ego. He is covered by Three gunas, sattva, rajas, and tamas. One should not think Shiva as a jiva. Though he is covered by three gunas, because Brahma Samhita says, as milk is transformed into yogurt, yet yogurt is not different from milk, its cause. I worship the primeval Lord Govinda, who similarly accepts the form of Shiva by his own will for the particular purpose of destruction. So the second offense, to consider the name, qualities, and so on of Mahadev and Vishnu to be different is the second Nam Aparad. We have to understand that both Shiva and Vishnu are Ishvara. 
They are the they are the Shakti. But one is voluntarily accepting a subordinate position in touch with Maya. Now also we see Nityananda Balaram is accepting a secondary position. But he is not touched by Maya. He's accepting also that service of the Supreme, but he's also completely the Lord, an expansion of the Lord. So it's technical tattva that we have to understand properly this unique position of the Lord actually accepting a sub, not a subordination, but a position in touch with material nature in order to, well, it says tamasa, to control the mode of, of ignorance. And one thing the uh, commentator, uh, Anantadas Babaji, brings out is uh, we've heard that the, the, the particle of consciousness, the jiva, shaitanya, is infinitesimal. It's not only infinitesimal, it is the smallest. There's nothing smaller uh, according to Jiva Goswami, nothing smaller than that. It doesn't get any smaller than that one ten thousandth. It's the. This is the way Jiva says. Jiva Goswami says this in the Paramatma Sandarbha. The Jiva is the ultimate minuteness. There is no object more minute than a Jiva. So that's our position. It doesn't get any smaller than we are. We are the 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 littlest of the little. That's a jiva. The littlest of the little that can still perceive things, that still has consciousness. That's the jivatma. Um, so this jiva. Let's talk about the jiva shaitanya. This conscious teeny weeny itsy bitsy little particle of, of awareness in contact with the external potency. So the point is that one point is to understand that there is a grand distinction between our position and the position of Lord Shiva. Lord Shiva is Ishvara. It, he is in the topmost position. But he's voluntarily, he is an Ashvara, he's voluntarily accepted the touch of Maya. We didn't volunteer. He did. So, there's a distinction. And to not fully understand that distinction and to misunderstand his unique position that is a nam aparad. 
So it's interesting to have this depth of understanding is part of part of the necessity of our advancing through the stage of Anista Bhajana Kriya. Because a misconception in this regard is an offense to Krishna's holy name. So, the jiva in touch with the material energy. Well, we're suffering here the results of pious and sinful activity. Well, what's that all about? Who's creating that? We're acting in this way? Well, we're not big enough to act. Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, Prakriti Kriyamanani, Guna Karma. What is it? Guna Yes. Hankara Vimuda Ma Kartahamiti Manyate. Gunai Karmani Sarvasa. So the gunas are controlling us. We're not controlling the gunas. We don't have enough energy. We're not powerful enough to 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 basically do anything within material energy. Except what? We have free will. The capacity. Thinking feeling and willing. So we can will. So, the Supreme takes, of course it's his energy, and he enters into it, he creates it, and he enters as Paramatma, and he enters, and he accompanies every infinitesimal jiva, and he fulfills their desires. So, Super soul is the efficient cause. And we're the effective cause. The effect being we want. We want something. Super soul is providing that. Opportunity through the modes of material nature. Interesting sentence here. Parameshwar only gives the power to do karma. Because the jiva was unable to do it on its own strength. Alright, so the the super soul is giving us the power to act within the modes of material nature, which are themselves more powerful than us. Being assisted by the energy of Ishwara. The jiva does karma according to his own desire. So our position is 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 extremely controlled at every the modes of material nature control us. As they say, man proposes and God disposes. We have an intent. And material nature fulfills that intent, but we're controlled at every second. The modes are more powerful than us, and without the sanction of the Lord, without His giving that sanction, without His providing the energy, uh, 
we would not be able to accomplish anything. Which brings us back to Shiva. So Shiva is Ishvara. And he's coming in contact with the modes of material nature to what? To fulfill the desires of his devotees. So, the jiva in contact with the external energy has so many desires. And Shiva is fulfilling those desires. He and his wife, together. They're, they're pulling it all off. If you really look at it, God has a touch, come in contact with material energy to fulfill the desires of the living entity. But he's still God. He's still in complete control. And people worship Shiva as the supreme. There's nothing wrong in that for the materialist. It's a good place to begin, but what does Shiva do? He doesn't accept that. He fulfills their desires, but his position is always subordinate to Krishna. So he takes the subordinate position The tattva of Ishvara is 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 a very is very complex when it comes to this and to to see and to understand what exactly is this namaparad, what consciousness are we not to have here, what is the wrong conception? So the wrong conception is if we. don't understand that the Supreme, Ishvara, can, at his free will, come into contact with material energy. And there is a distinction. He can either become affected by it out of his own free will, and that's Shiva, or he can be completely nirgun, completely above the modes. So, when he decides of his own free will to come under the influence of his external potency, then that is his manifestation as Shiva. Krishna is always independent. The Supreme Lord is always dependent. The Isfara is always completely independent. But of his own free will, he can take a subordinate position. When he takes a subordinate position to his external potency in order to control the modes of nature and the ego of the living entity, of the jiva, in goodness, in passion, and in ignorance, when he takes that position, that's Shiva. Krishna also takes a subordinate position. But who's he subordinate himself to? His devotees. So, the Supreme is, 
is supplying the, the, the desires of the living entities when they're in contact with material nature and when they're in love with him. In both situations, he's subordinating himself. Something from Sanatan Goswami's commentary on the Srimad Bhagavatam will add a little bit more light to this. His commentary, Brihad Vaishnav Tosani. That's his commentary on the Bhagavatam. Shiva, being a guna avatar of the Lord, is non-different from him. <coughs> Shiva has voluntarily accepted the modes of nature to quickly fulfill the desires of Sakarma Bhaktis, desiring fruits. An interesting way to look at it. Sakarma. Now our path is what? We don't want any. We don't want any enjoyment. But there are devotees that want to enjoy the modes of material nature. So in order to fulfill their desires, there is Shiva. And today is the day they worship Shiva. This is the big day. Interesting enough, uh, this is half of the year away from Krishna's John Mostomy. 180 days. And Krishna takes, has his festival. So, this, um, this occasion is, is, is known for three things. Uh, Shiva's manifestation, Shiva's uh, marriage to Parvati, and also Shiva, on this date, uh, drank the ocean of poison to basically save the whole universe keeping the poison in his throat because the whole universe resides in his stomach. So if he was to have swallowed, we'd be finished. So he kept it just there. So uh, the uh, so if we desire to worship Shiva, we always do so as in his capacity as as a devotee, and but to. To emphasize the point that Shiva is Ishvara, a controller, and should not be seen as non-different from the Supreme. Uh, there's the story of uh, 
Visvaksena. Visvaksena was a bhakta, Krishna bhakta, not a Shiva bhakta. And uh, he was uh, traveling around unattached. He was a brahmana. And uh, the son, son of a king approached him and he said, Today, uh, I see you're a brahmana. Today, I, I, I have a stomach ache and I cannot worship my, my deity, my lingo, Shiva. Uh, could you please do so for me? And, of course, uh, Visvaksena said, really, it's not, not interested in, in that. Uh, you know, if I could please be excused. Uh, uh, I worship uh, Lord Vishnu. And uh, the king's son, well, generally the king's a Kshatriya, so the son's a Kshatriya, just said, well, okay, well, if you can't do this simple service for me, you're worthless, and I'll just, I'll dispatch you. I'll kill you. So the devotee thought, well, hmm, don't really, not ready for that, right, quite yet. All right, I'll do the service you request, and I'll, I'll worship Shiva for you today. So he's thinking, how can I worship Shiva? I don't want to worship Shiva. Worship of Shiva is going to give me material things. Uh, but Shiva is non-different than, than the Supreme Lord that I worship. Um, let me worship the fact that within Shiva is 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 the principle of my supreme Lord. Um, so I worship him as uh, as that hidden Lord within, uh, like Lord Nishringa is hidden within a pillar. So my Lord is hidden within the Shiva Linga. He's there. So he uh, he began he did his worship and he he uh, he thought he would worship like that and then he would offer the the remnants of the worship uh, to Shiva the linga so he would accomplish all things. So he said, "Shri Nishring Haya Namaha." The Brahmin boy heard him and immediately, oh, you just, this is my Lord. You have to worship the deity the way I want to worship him. And immediately wanted to kill him. And Lord Nishringadev broke through the linga <laughs> and immediately killed the Brahmin boy and his whole family. The chapter. Yes. Point of the point of the story being this confirms the unique position of Shiva of being an Ashwara and non-different and not to be seen as different from the Supreme Personality of Godhead. On to Vishwadath's Madhurya Kadamani, the next verse. Many Puranas and other scriptures describe Shiva as Isvara. The Bhagavat says, however, the Lord accepts the form of Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva for creation, maintenance, and destruction of the universe. From this sloka, it is generally understood that Brahma is also Ishvara 
Tatva. He may be considered as such in the way that he is empowered by the Lord's specific energy for creation. The Brahma Samhita says, as the sun manifests some portion of its own light in the stone, Surya Kanta Mani, similarly, being empowered by the Lord's energy, Brahma creates this universe. Vishwanath is making a distinction for us that he wants us to understand between a jiva empowered by the Lord's Shaktis and Shiva, who is Ishvara, the Lord himself willingly coming into contact with the material energy. Interesting point. So we look at the Guna avatars. Guna avatar means descending to control the modes of material nature. Goodness, passion, and ignorance. So our Guna avatars are Vishnu, in charge of the mode of goodness, Brahma, in charge of the mode of passion, and Shiva, in charge of the mode of ignorance. So they are the predominating deities of these modes of material nature. So these influences on the, the infinitesimal Jiva Chaitanya, little consciousness, comes through these, these controllers of the modes of material nature. And we see that their position is in relation, our position in relation to the modes, the Jiva here, is these modes supply what? To the living entity who's in contact with material energy. Artha, Dharma, Kama, Moksha. So, Moksha, of course, is controlled by Vishnu. He is, he is the one that can give liberation. Um, Dharma, Artha, Kama, both fall into the, you know, under the modes of material nature in, uh, in material affairs, economic development, sense gratification, religiosity. So, these three guna avatars are in charge of these aspirations that the jiva has in contact with material nature. So the distinction is made again of the fact that for the bhakta, our desire coming from Krishna's pure devotees is what? It doesn't fall under that jurisdiction at all. We have no desire. Nadanam, Najanam, Nasundarim. When you get to the stage of Nista, Bhajana Kriya, steadiness, all material desires fall away. Nadanam, Najanam, Nasundarim. 
Mama Janmani Janmani Sure. Even birth and death, even liberation from birth and death is also not a desire for the devotee. He comes to a platform where there is no material contact at all. Early. Early. Humility. Once he becomes completely humble and subservient, understanding his position of eternal servitude to the Supreme in love, once he comes to that position, there is no, he's exhausted of all material desire. And we start tasting his spirit, the spiritual pleasure from an unencumbered practice no longer affected by Anarthas that Vishwanatha is so carefully trying to, to give us insight into, then Artha, Dharma, Kama, Moksha, none of these things hold any sway for him anymore. And that's at the beginning. The beginning. We were speaking about this at lunch. We're talking... You have Anista Bhajana Kriya, you have steadiness. Steadiness leads to ultimate and absolute humility, followed by what? Nadanam Najanam Nasundarim. I have no desire to enjoy beautiful women, no amount of followers, no amount of wealth, and no desire for liberation at all. So our our whole path is is it's it's on the fifth plane. We're 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 going in a, an entirely higher level than what is available within the, the modes of material nature and even liberation. Rupa Goswami says in the Lagu Bhagavatamrita, there are many manifestations of the Lotus Nevud Lord that are auspicious in all respects, but who other than Lord Krishna can bestow divine love to the soul surrendered unto him? So these Guna avatars, even Vishnu, giving liberation. Krishna is the one that, that attracts the bhakta. Vishwanath goes on now and again some he's giving some real significance to understanding this, this tattva of consciousness. So I'll read his next verse. Srimad Bhagavatam says, Smoke is superior to wood, a, a transformation of earth. Fire, the, ba is, the base of sacrifices prescribed in the Vedas, is superior to smoke. Similarly, Rajagun is superior to Tamagun. Okay. And Sattvagun is superior to Rajagun. One can realize Brahman by Sattvagun. Vishwanath says, 
This verse establishes the superiority of Rajagun over Tamagun. However, the realization of the Lord representing pure effulgence is not possible in Rajagun, which is being compared here to smoke, representing pure effulgence. The Lord can be realized by Satvagun, which is like a burning fire. In Tamagun, which is compared to wood, one gets a subtle realization of the Lord, as in the state of susupti, sound sleep, an effect of Tamagun. One gets the same bliss as if in the realization of Nirbeda Gyan, knowledge of the oneness of Jiva and non-personal Brahman. One should ascertain the truth by considering the facts in this way. So what secret truth is Vishwadath hinting at here? It's a subtle point, but it's really interesting. He's hinting at the fact that that the jnani who's seeking Brahman realization is seeking to enter into a state of consciousness which is as has at is as its goal a state similar to Susupti deep sleep. So there's some bliss in the ignorance of deep sleep. When you're at the stage of complete sleep, there is some, there's nothing there. Like you say, you rested well. Your consciousness completely was blank for a while. That's what the Brahmavadi desires. That's his ultimate attainment. He's working tirelessly to first what? He has to be completely free of all contamination. So he has to have no material desire. And he has to have knowledge enough to separate himself from the elements of material nature in such a way that he can enter into Brahman. If, what? He has a speck of bhakti. What is his attainment? Like, what's he striving for? What's he going to experience there? There is no differentiation there. The supreme, the supreme's energy and the consciousness, his consciousness, are all become one and the same. At the state of susupti, sound sleep, an effect of tamagun, one gets the same bliss. Vishnu saying, one gets the same bliss as if in the realization of Nirbeda Gyan, knowledge of the oneness of Jiva and non-personal Brahman.
don't know what to say about that. It's it's like they strive so much, and all they needed to do was take a sleeping pill. <laughs> I mean, that's why the bhaktas are so adverse to this whole philosophy, this whole. I mean, you know, even when we chant the pranams to, to my spiritual master, nirvasesha sunyavadi, stamp it out. How stupid could it be? It's the height of absolute stupidity when it comes to spiritual life. It holds no prospect of pleasure for the living entity. There's nothing there. Do you really want to become nothing? Want to merge into the oneness of the spiritual spiritual energy of it all? And be, there's no variety? The devotees would rather go to hell. At least down there there's something to experience. Better to be locked up in a cage with a tiger than to than to be associated with somebody that has such a consciousness that their as spiritual aspiration is that one more verse Again, Vishwanath is, is covering this tattva of consciousness, spiritual consciousness. He's, he wants to make sure that through this understanding of, of the different spiritual energies, the spiritual manifestations of personality, that we through that understanding, there is no misconceptions that can lead to offense to the holy name. Dependent Chaitanya, Jiva, or Jiva Chaitanya, dependent consciousness, is of two types. One is covered by ignorance. Well, I have experience of that. And the other is uncovered. So consciousness can be uncovered by the ignorance. Covered Jiva Shaitanya, Vishwanath says, are demigods, human beings, animals, and so on. Uncovered Jiva Shaitanya is of two types. So, first there's two types, covered and uncovered. So, the covered ones are living entities, demigods, animals, people completely under the modes of material nature. Now, let's look at the uncovered, those that are not covered by Krishna's deluding potency. Not empowered by the Ashvara Shakti and empowered by it. So, when we look at the category of jivas, the teeny-weeny, itsy-bitsy, infinitesimal spiritual particles of consciousness, which we are, and we look at those that are not under the bewildering influence of Krishna's external 
potency. Those that are not under that fall into two categories. Some of them are given specific energy over and above what they would have on their own by the Supreme. So they have some controlling capacity. Aishvarya. Aishvarya Shakti, and they're empowered by it. Jiva Shaitanya, not empowered by the Aishvarya Shakti, some specific potency of Krishna, is generally of two types. Okay. So, we have the uncovered jivas, then we have the ones that have some shakti and some that don't have shakti. God's empowered them in some way. Of the ones that do not have any shakti, some specific empowerment by the Lord that would distinguish them from the -the run-of-the-mill jivas. I guess we can call them that. Alright, so the ones that don't have any shakti and are not influenced by material nature fall into two categories again. One merged into Ishvara by practicing Gyan and others not merged in Ishvara and practicing Bhakti. Okay, so of the jivas that are not controlled by the energy, the external potency, they fall into two categories. Some are striving for Brahman, impersonal liberation, and some are Krishna's bhaktis. Now, it's funny, I don't know if this is a translation error, but he says practicing bhakti. The first state is miserable. This is Vishwanath. The first state is miserable. The jnanis, they're miserable. I mean, really. They're striving to get nothing. They could go to sleep and get the same experience. He just said it in the last verse. They could go to sleep and they would experience the same thing as they're striving for. While those in the second relish the sweetness of the Lord. And it is thus and is thus not miserable. Empowered Jiva Chaitanya is of two types. One empowered by spiritual knowledge, and the other empowered by the energy related to material creation. To the former belongs those such as the four Kamaras, and to the latter belong Brahma and others. So they're controllers in the material realm. So it, a lot, uh, a lot here. I mean, it, we could probably spend a, a few evenings uh, really diving deeply into these various purports and what's presented here. But again, why? We have to ask ourselves why. Why is this significant? Why is Vishwanath going to all this trouble 
to make sure that we have this this knowledge down so that we don't what we don't offend the holy name we don't under, we don't misunderstand krishna and his various energies because those mis those misunderstandings those misconceptions are going to they're going to inhibit pure chanting they're going to inhibit us in advancing nicely if we can if we don't know what exactly is the position of shiva what is the position of brahma what is the position when krishna personally has to become brahma to become brahma what does krishna do does he come under the influence does he touch maya shiva touches maya of his own free will when Vishnu has to take on the duties of Brahma, does he touch Maya? Anybody? No? He has to. Yeah. But he's still Krishna. And sometimes, Vishwanath says, or the commentator says, I don't know what from what he's drawn that. I, I read it, so I'd have to see if it was one of the Goswamis. It's one thing about what I've what I'm seeing here in these particular in this tika, this explanation, and why Guru Maharaj has, has approved it for us. And that is Ananda Das Babaji, his pramana, his evidence, and his explanation of Vishwanas Madhurya Kadamani is he draws repeatedly on the six Goswamis, again and again, on their understanding of our Siddhanta. So we, Vishwanath wants to make sure we don't misunderstand who's God and who we are and what we're striving for and what is, what, what is, what does it mean to be empowered by the Supreme? As a jiva, what does it mean to be just a plain jiva, not under the influence of the modes of material nature? And what ha- what is going on when Krishna personally comes in contact with his external potency? And what is happening when he is in the external potency in a capacity as Vishnu, but not affected by it, not affected by the gunas, and when he is of his own free will affected by it, and when he's coming to put on his transcendental roadshow through Leela. It's a lot to it's a lot to comprehend this all this detailed knowledge. But it it has we have an objective in understanding it properly. If we understand it properly, we won't have misconceptions which will impede our rapid advancement through this stage of unsteady practice. So it's, it, it clears the way, it clears the consciousness so that when we, when we think of Krishna, we're thinking right. We have the right conception. 
There's a lot to be said for that. Clear chanting. There's a lot to be said when we are engaged ourselves in trying to do some outreach of people that don't take the time to learn these things from their guru. Any questions? Thank you for your association. Thank you.